And welcome back to another episode of It's Game Day. I'm your host, Miles Masters, and we've got a lot to talk about this week on episode two of this podcast. If you haven't already had a chance to, please follow us on Twitter at It's Game Day, all capital letters with two Y, two Ys. We'd love to have you join us on Twitter. Follow us. We put a lot of good information on there. We'll put updates on the podcast. We put updates about big games during the weekend, some games we see to be upset, maybe just comment on a thing that someone else has put out just to give a, give our opinion to try to build a brand for our podcast. We're super excited about the opportunity. If you haven't had a chance to check out our first podcast, it is going to be airing on Spotify. So we're super excited about that. We're going to start diving right into episode two today, getting right into some of the games that's already been played this week. If you have not had a chance to watch games this week, MAC football, the MAC conference is back. They play a lot of games during the week to get more television exposure. And we've seen some good games. Like I said on Twitter, we had already put out for this week for Ohio Bobcats to beat Akron. And we were correct on that. Ohio did win 24-10 over Akron. We had Ohio projected to beat Akron 42-10 because I think Ohio is that good of a football team. And in years past, Akron has not been that well. In the first podcast, we had talked about this game possibly being one of the games to look out for. And um, Akron, like we said, is much improved. They're a really good football team. They're getting better. Ohio was able to win 24-10, not 42-10 like we projected. But obviously, we were able to pick Ohio as a winner. So excited to see we were able to get that one. Um, And then Kent State beating Bowling Green last night 62-24. Uh, what kind of offense does Kent State have? I don't know. We need to check in and check on that because absolutely they look explosive. And Bowling Green, I think, to be considered one of usually one of the better teams in the MAC. And then the last game last night was Buffalo beating Miami, Ohio, forty-two to ten. Buffalo is a team that um, they've really turned their program around. They have be, they have become a legitimately good football team in that conference, and they are super excited to watch. Got to tune in a little bit last night and watch that game. Super excited to watch. If you did not listen to the first episode, like I said, it will be dropping on Spotify. Check that out. But we talked about Coach Hugh Freeze and what was his decision going to be. Would he stay at Liberty if some of these big-time jobs were able to come available? He has signed an extension with Liberty. So do not see him go anywhere. Does that mean he will not leave? He could always still possibly leave and take another job, but I don't see it happening. He has done an outstanding job with Liberty, and obviously he said his family likes it there, and he's happy there, and he likes the coaching staff. He's The players are bought in, and so he has signed an extension, so do not see him leaving. So takes away uh, his name and some of those jobs that could come available that we have talked about um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, super excited for him. Glad he's happy. He deserves a great, great job what he's doing at Liberty. Um, just super proud of what he's done. Um, some games this week that uh, have been canceled or postponed, I'm just going to read them off and then we'll go back and let you know the ones that have been canceled and the ones that have been postponed. Bama LSU, Ohio State Maryland, Texas A&M and Tennessee, Georgia Missouri, Auburn, Mississippi State, Memphis, Navy, Air Force, Wyoming, and ULM, Arkansas, and Arkansas State, sorry. Um, The only games so far that have been labeled as canceled are Ohio State and Maryland and Air Force and Wyoming. It's kind of weird to see the Big Ten cancel a game uh, because they're already not playing a ton of games this year. So it's weird to see that game 
being labeled as canceled, and then obviously Air Force and Wyoming being labeled as canceled also. Bama LSU labeled as postponed. I know a lot of people have seen that that game is probably going to be canceled because LSU already has to make up a game. Right now it's it's listed as postponed, so that's what we're going to give it to you as now. We'll keep you updated on that in future uh, podcasts or on Twitter. Um, but, you know, it's just it's sad to see all these games having to get canceled, and I understand it's for the safety of the players. Um, we got to get this thing. I think we're, you know, we've seen some kind of spikes in uh, COVID, but I think we've seen just the success rate that it's had and as good as as shape as these student athletes are. Um, Hopefully this is the only year we have to go through this for college football. And next year we can get it open back up, bring back tailgating um, and all the stuff that you guys love to do on a college football Saturday. Um, but just, wow, just a lot of games and a lot of big games. I mean, Bama LSU, obviously LSU not the same team, but a big game. Texas A&M, Tennessee, Ohio State, Maryland, Georgia, Mizzou, and Auburn, Mississippi State. Big games being canceled. So it's crazy to see, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to harp on that too much because at least we are getting to watch college football and have it this year and be able to be limited in, in attendance. So it's good that we have it. Um, but those are the games that have been canceled or postponed. We just kind of want to bounce into, you know, just jump right into projected conference winners. We've done a little bit of this, a, a little bit of this on Twitter, and we've talked about it a little bit. We haven't dived in fully, but with the American Conference, we have Cincinnati projected to be the winner of that conference. Um, behind them, SMU and Tulsa. We'll talk a little bit about that more in the show, but SMU and Tulsa will face off this week. You could see that probably eliminating one because if SMU beats Tulsa, I don't really see them losing another game i pretty much see them running the table obviously cincinnati ranked really high uh i think ranked six uh in the ap poll so if they run the table you know that would eliminate that um they would you know hold that conference and would play probably smu in the championship game uh next we're going to go into the big 12 this is one that we're going to spend a little bit of more time on than the others because I think it's so close because Iowa State, you know, no team in the, in the Big 12 is undefeated um, anymore after Texas beat Oklahoma State. And surprisingly, Oklahoma has two losses as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But we got Iowa State right now projected to win that conference. Now that could change. Oklahoma State playing much better football. Um, they've really turned it around. Spencer Rattler's figured it out. They're playing good football, but Iowa State with one loss um, and beating Oklahoma, if they were to lose a game, um, they would still hold that tiebreaker. Obviously, they could face them in the championship game because the Big 12 does not divide divisions. It's just one all, just just a conference, uh, one division. So um, I like Iowa State right now to win that conference, but if Oklahoma continues to play the way they are, I think you could see them winning that conference. But don't count out Oklahoma State yet. I understand that sometimes – we don't see their offense get off to the start. We think they've got a great running back. Uh, they're able to run the football. Um, and, you know, they did lose to Texas. Is t- You know, everybody always says Texas is back. I don't think Texas is fully back, but I think, you know, they're in the right – they're headed in the right direction as far as they're playing better. I would not count them out of the Big 12 yet. Like I said, you just got to get into the first two spots to give yourself a chance to win. So Iowa State, Oklahoma – Oklahoma State and Texas all in the running for the Big 12. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I like Iowa State as of right now to win that conference. Shifting it over to the Big 10, obviously, probably unanimously, everybody has Ohio State to win the Big 10. I have them to win the Big 10, to win their division, the East, in the Big 10. 
and have Indiana kind of being that second place team in the East division of the Big Ten. I think Indiana is going to keep it closer than people think. I think they're playing really good football. Uh, I don't want to say they're going to win that side of the conference, but I definitely wouldn't count them out. They are absolutely a really good football team. They're fun to watch. If you haven't got to watch them play, you need to check them out. But Ohio State winning the East. And then coming down in the west side, I think uh, Wisconsin or Northwestern or the west side of that division. Um, it's going to come down to one of those. Wisconsin only playing one game so far. They did dominate Illinois in their only game of the season. Um, had to shut down because of COVID. They're about to get it picked back up. And then Northwestern at 3-0, they've played good football. And they're um, – the coach they have, Fitzgerald, he uh, I think it's Fitzgerald, is an outstanding football coach. Uh, Northwestern is not an easy place to win. Uh, another, another academic school um, that we see uh, making great strides and uh, giving themselves a chance. We got them in the race. I like Wisconsin to win the West, though, would play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game and like Ohio State to win that conference, obviously. Shifting over into Conference USA, I think Marshall's kind of run away with this one as far as being proven that they're the best team in the conference. The only team that I could see really challenging them would be UAB. Um, and UAB's a good football team. If you don't know, UAB had lost their program a while back. Um, and Bill Clark has, you know, they've gotten it back. Bill Clark has, he's really done a great job there. I think Bill Clark could be a name you see uh, go out there for another can for another big time job just because of what he's done at UAB they were not a winning program they've won he's took them to bowl games you know won more games than they've won in a single season in a long time so it'll be interesting to see I, you know I've, I've heard he's happy there but it would be interesting to see if he takes another one of those jobs but I think Marshall has proven to be the best team in that conference so I like Marshall to win conference USA it could be close UAB only with two losses but I think Marshall pulls it out as the dominant team all right, and let's head out west to the Mountain West Conference. This one's a little more interesting for me because Boise State has basically been a premier dominant team in that conference, although Fresno has pushed them in years past as uh, trying to overth overthrow them. But Boise State, majority of the time, at least in my uh you know, in my lifetime, Boise State has been the dominant team in the Mountain West. Before, you know, Utah was in there before they went to the Pac-12. They did a really good job. But Boise State seems to be the favorite every year. Watch out for San Jose State. Uh, much improved football team. We have talked about that on Twitter as well, of just how good they've been and how they will, um, they've been able to kind of get there, get the train rolling at San Jose. Like Boise State to win that conference, but do not forget about San Jose State. Like we said, we'd like Boise State to win, but if San Jose State was to win that conference, I don't really think it would surprise me as much as I think because I, just how improved they are and how well they have played big win over San Diego State in their last game, uh, which is a, you know, a big game for them to win. Super excited about what they're doing. Um, but Boise State, we have them projected to win the Mountain West Conference. Going, staying out west in the Pac-12, Oregon has proven to probably be the dominant team in that conference. Um, if you were not able to watch them play in their first game, they got a good offense, and the defense is much improved. Usually what we've seen from teams in the past at Oregon is they have a bend-don't-break kind of defense. They haven't been great, but they do what they get done, what they need to get done, and they've been able to force some turnovers. So it's interesting to see what you know what they're going to do this year, but they look like the best team in that conference. We had them projected to win the North. And then in the South, I think it's going to come down to Utah and USC. Um I think on Twitter we had put out that Arizona State actually had a chance to win the South, 
And not counting them out, they did lose their first game by one point to um, USC. But I didn't see enough from Arizona State to really believe that they have a legitimate shot to win the the Pac-12 stuff. I think they're another year away. I wouldn't count them completely out, but I don't have them in this race. I think the race comes down to Utah and USC. Utah hasn't played a game yet, so that could change. We're basing that off what we've seen in the past couple years. Uh, They've been really impressive in the last couple years, um, giving themselves chance, winning that division. You know, They've been really good in the Pac-12. I like them to win the South over USC. I think it's close, but Utah wins the South. They play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And I like the Oregon Ducks to beat Utah. So we'll see what happens there, but we like Oregon. Uh, Coming back down to the South, and we're going to go into the Southeastern Conference, the SEC. This one we're going to take some time and spend on right here because I think I'm going to make some people mad here, and people are going to think I'm crazy. We're going to start with the West. Alabama and Texas A&M are the two teams I think have a chance to win the West. The thing with the West, it's going to be hard for Texas A&M is they have one loss, and Alabama doesn't have any. Doesn't have any. Alabama beat Texas A&M head-to-head. So Alabama's going to have to lose two for Texas A&M to get in over them and win the West. It could happen. It's probably not going to happen, but it could just wanted to throw Texas A&M into that consideration because of how well they have played. And then in the East, it's going to come down to Florida, Georgia. Here's the situation that uh, that's tough for Georgia. You have two losses. Florida has a loss too, but if Florida was to lose one game and skid, if Georgia wins out and Florida loses one, Florida would still get in over Georgia because of the head-to-head matchup. And this is where I think I'm going to start to lose some people, which we can't afford to do with a startup podcast. But I like Florida to possibly win the SEC championship game. I think just the way Kyle Trask is playing, the way Dan Mullen's got him rolling, I, I'm not basing that just off the Georgia game, even though they looked outstanding in that game because they did they did not look good against Texas A&M. But I think when they played Texas A&M, it kind of shocked them to say, hey, we have to play at our best to win. Here's the tricky thing for Florida, though, is I don't think Alabama has to play at their best to win. Alabama is good enough, has good enough depth, and we've seen in the past with them and Clemson and even Ohio State to not play their best football and still be able to win a game. I don't think that's going to be the case for Florida this year. I think they absolutely have to play their best football, but I like Florida to win the SEC. I think that's the upset that we're going to see throughout college football this year. And it's tw- remember, it's 2020. Crazier things have happened this uh, this year and even already in this college football season. So I like Florida to win the SEC. Um, it'll be close. I'm not saying they would go in there and absolutely dominate Alabama, but I think that they are a good enough football team that if Dan Mullen puts together a good game plan, it would be a game that everybody in the country is going to be watching, and i like Florida to win that game. Moving on to the Sun Belt. This one, not really as close as some of the other ones. Coastal Carolina obviously uh, has proven that they are the dominant team in that conference this year, um, ranked really high. And kind of coming out of nowhere. We've seen Coastal Carolina, not just in football. I mean, you got to remember, they won a World Series. Uh, so that school is, is, you know, they're getting some they're getting some good exposure. It's becoming a, you know, a lot of recruits want to go there. If you haven't seen them play, their field's kind of that funky green color. Um, it's just exciting for, in this day and age, people like things that are different. They like things that are exciting. Um they're going to be a good football team. I think they went out. I don't think they lose a game. I think they went out. And, um, you know, I think they – if they play BYU, that could be a good game. 
because BYU, you know, is undefeated as well. That's a game that is going to be close, and I think it's going to be a big win for whoever wins that game. And I know it's weird to say, you know, if BYU were to go undefeated, and you know they they want you know to, to consider their name for the college football playoff. You know, it's going to be weird for them to say, well, we beat Coastal Carolina. But I'm telling you, Coastal Carolina's a good football team. The only team in that conference I can see really challenging them would be Louisiana, Lafayette, or App- Appalachian State. Um, don't really see one of those teams winning it. I think Coastal Carolina handles business, and I think that's one that they absolutely take care of. Um, that's all for our projections as far as who's going to win the conference. Now we're going to kind of switch it into the college football playoff. It's getting around that time. Where the first college football playoff ranking comes out. It has not come out yet, but right now we're going to go into the college football playoff if it ended today. Now we're basing this mostly off the AP poll, but if it ended today, I think you would see Alabama at the one seed, you would see Notre Dame at the two seed, Ohio State as the three seed, and Clemson at the four seed. Um, and a lot of people have thought maybe Florida takes the AM. I think. This is the only thing we have not based off the AP poll is that the AP poll has Texas A&M at number five. We have no Florida as the first team out if it ended the day in the college football playoff just because of their win against Georgia. I know Texas, Texas A&M beat them head-to-head, but just based off quality wins, I think you would see Florida in over Texas A&M. And you could, also, you could even put Florida at the four seed. Um, but I think Clemson would stay at the four seed just because they did lose their only loss coming to number two Notre Dame. But obviously Florida's only loss coming to number five Texas A&M. Um, but like we said, just based off in today, Alabama's one in the AP, Notre Dame's number two, Ohio State three, Clemson four. We swapped Florida with Texas A&M, and at six we actually we actually did not keep uh, Texas A&M there. We put Cincinnati because Cincinnati. Um, currently holds that spot. So I think Cincinnati would be the second team left out of the college football playoff. Um, and now we're going to kind of shift it to our projections at the end of the season. When all, when the regular season's over, the conference championships are over, kind of what we see uh, that's going to happen when it comes down to the college football playoff. Like I said, I think Florida beats Alabama in the co- in the SEC championship game. So you would put Florida... Um, would, that would take Alabama out of the one seed. You would put Ohio State there. I think Ohio State, they've just looked so dominant. I know they haven't played as many games as everybody else, but they just look so good. I mean, they're they're so fundamental. They're fundamentally they're good. You know, they got a good defense, good offense, and obviously Justin Fields lighting up the stats. You'll see him um, as a Heisman candidate um, coming up at the end of this season. I like Notre Dame at two to stay. I think Notre Dame wins out. I think getting past Clemson, I think now they kind of just get the rest of their games out of the way. They roll through, run the table, and I think you see them stay at the two seed. And the three seed, because Florida runs the table, in my opinion, and beats Alabama in the SEC championship game, you would see Florida at the three seed. This is where it's going to get a little tricky for the committee, and thank God I am not one of those members, because if Clemson runs the table and Alabama goes to the regular season undefeated and loses to Florida in the SEC championship game, they both have one loss. Who goes? Clemson, um, obviously, you know, Clemson kind of coming in, and it's just going to be one of those things where Alabama loses late, but they did lose 
in the ACC champion I and mean, the uh, SEC championship game. So it's going to be weird to see Clemson Notre Dame possibly seeing each other again. You never know what could happen, but I think we're going to leave that open to Clemson and Alabama. And then the first team out would be whoever doesn't get the four spot between Clemson and Alabama and Cincinnati at the sixth seed. Um, I like keeping Cincinnati at the sixth seed because I think their schedule um, kind of lines up more of a better fit uh, as far for the committee to say, okay, well, they've played a little bit better competition than BYU. But I think if Cincinnati and BYU played, I think obviously I think BYU would have a chance to win that football game. And I, BYU has an outstanding quarterback, and the way they've played has absolutely been very impressive. Um, so I, just based off just strength of schedule, I think Cincinnati's is going to be a little bit better. Even though BYU playing Coastal Carolina like we had talked about, I like Cincinnati with their big win over SMU. And I want to kind of go back just a little bit and talk about Notre Dame and Clemson. Because with uh, Notre Dame being in the ACC this year, it's kind of changed it up. So, you know, you never know what could happen there. That could change, but that's just based off what of what I see now, how I see that playing out. Uh, our next topic is kind of an interesting topic because we talked about it in the first podcast, and that's Will Muschamp. According to ESPN, he is the most likely coach to get fired. And I, I say that laughing and jokingly, and I just I've I talked about it on the first podcast of how good of a coach I think he is. He's a really good football coach, and you know they beat Georgia last year, three and five in the SEC, not a great record, but I think they were kind of building on that that momentum. And for whatever reason, not to make excuses with COVID, bringing in that transfer quarterback, were they able to get the full system in and on time? And I just don't think – I think you have to give him another year. Just because of the situation, give him another year. But according to ESPN, uh, it looks like that's not going to happen. It looks like – and I, I, according to a lot of uh, South Carolina fans that already have followed our Twitter page and some that I have followed – they're ready to see a change there. So we're going to talk about some of the candidates for that job. Some of these candidates are based off of last season and who um, was – I guess they thought that Will Muschamp was going to get let go after last season. So they've kind of brought in these other uh, – brought in these names. And the first one is Brandon Streeter, the quarterback coach at Clemson, not the offensive coordinator, the quarterback coach. Very seldomly do you see a position coach – leave a school and go somewhere as a head coach most of the time you see them go on to take a coordinator position before coming a head coach but we have seen it done Sam Pittman being the offense I mean the offensive line coach at Georgia going and taking the Arkansas job and we've seen how well he's done there so maybe that would work out the next one is Dave Aranda he was also a guy Aranda that was also a guy that was um he was in the running for that job um if he were to get fired he was a name that was a big name. He was the defensive coordinator at LSU last year on the national championship team. We saw how good that defense was. He's done a great job. He's now at Baylor as the head coach. So would he leave Baylor after one year? More than likely not, but possibly if he wanted to come back in the SEC and kind of prove that he belongs. Um, obviously, I think he could do the same thing at Baylor. You know, it's still a power five team at Baylor, and Baylor's a really good football team with a really good fan base and a really good uh, stadium and atmosphere. So, I don't see that happening, but it could happen. Um, then we're going to go to Jim McElwain. If, if you don't know who Jim McElwain is, he's currently the head coach at Central Michigan. He was the head coach at Florida before Central Michigan, obviously. He got let go there. He did some good things for Florida. Um, 
were they a Florida team that we know um, Florida is normally known for being? Because usually it's weird in the SEC because Tennessee is down, and usually it's Georgia, Florida, Tennessee really battling for that spot in the East. Um, and in even recent years, you could probably throw South Carolina in there when Steve Spurrier was there. Um, and then some of the other teams maybe here and there might sneak their name into the conversation. But with Tennessee down, it's really been Florida, Georgia. And Florida's been kind of down in the past couple of years, so it's really been just Georgia. At one time, that whole uh, division was kind of down. But it's interesting to see uh, what would happen there. Jim McElwain did good things at Florida. He didn't do great things, but he did good enough to where I think he deserves another chance. And, you know, he's done some good things at Central Michigan. He's a good football-minded coach. Um and I know a lot of people love him as a possible candidate. And then the last one is Dave Clawson, the head coach at Wake Forest. What he's done at Wake, For- Wake Forest, um, we don't really need to talk about it a lot because it speaks for itself. You know, a high academic institution, and he's able to bring in recruits, put it together a winning program. Wake Forest not known to be a competitive football team year in and year out. And since he's been there, they have been. He's really turned that program around so those are kind of the first names that we see out there maybe you throw Steve Steve Sarkeesian into the mix who we're going to talk about here in a minute all right switching it to Steve Sarkeesian is another possible candidate we've talked about um, all the other coaches for the South Carolina job if Will Muschamp was to get looked to go and you could even look at these as possible for some other schools that might that uh, let go their coach obviously some people are tired of Gus um, I don't see him really leaving because of the success he's had over Alabama. He's been inconsistent at times. I get it, a bad loss this year to already. He lost to South Carolina. That's not a good look. But overall, I think he's done a good job at Auburn, and I think this would not be the year that they would let him go just because of all the, the obstacles that we've had to face this year. Um, and when I say us, I mean everybody, but especially in sports, you know, it's just different. I don't see um, – this being a year that they would let Gus go. Um, but Steve's, and then Vanderbilt, Derek May, uh, Mason, he's had, I think, plenty of enough time at um, Vanderbilt to put together a winning program. And it's hard to say, well, you know, he's at Vanderbilt and he hasn't really, um, you know, it's hard to win there. You guys, we got to remember James Franklin did an out, uh, outstanding job at. Vanderbilt. He was able to put together winning teams, uh, beating teams that they hadn't beaten in a long time. Uh, Nine-win season, ten-win season. We talked about that in the first podcast. So I think their only game for them to win was against Mississippi State, and that hurts for me to say because I'm a huge Mississippi State guy. But I thought that was a game that Vanderbilt would compete in, and they did. They played well. If they don't turn the ball over as many times as they did, I think the outcome of that game might be a little different. So I don't think – I think that was really their only chance – win so I don't really see them winning a game so if they go 0-10 I think he's out another possible guy we could see these are some other coaches on the hot seat Scott Frost at Florida if you don't remember he was the coach at UCF when they went undefeated claimed themselves national champions he did an outstanding job there but he's kind of he came to Nebraska where you know that's his school that's where he wanted to be um, and he hasn't really changed them that much they've changed a little bit they've gotten better I don't know if he's had enough time. He's listed as one of the coaches on the hot seat. I would like to see him stay because I really think he could get it turned around. Um, But obviously, as of right now, he has it. And then Clay Helton at USC. He's been one of those coaches where he's been on the hot seat at USC a long time. 
uh, for a couple years. And if you don't remember, last year he was kind of in, he was kind of out. He wasn't coming back. They weren't going to bring him back. Okay, they are going to bring him back. They brought him back. He's off to a 1-0 start. Didn't look super great against Arizona State. But if he has a good season, I think if he, like we, like we said, we have them as a possible to win their division in the Pac-12 and face Oregon uh, in the Pac-12 championship game. But I think if he loses with a shorting, uh, it's obviously not 12 games this year. They're going to play seven or eight. Um, I can't remember the exact number they're going to play. It's changed. Um, but I think if he loses two games, more than two games, I think you could possibly see a move there. And then David Shaw. David Shaw at Stanford. He's been there a while. He's done really good things there. They've been a really good football team. And I don't think they should move on from him. Um, he's lost a lot of talent. You've seen some big guys he's lost when he lost Andrew Luck, uh, Christian McCaffrey. like, And then to get bit with the entry bug a little bit, it's just kind of one of those things where very – like, well, people will say, well – you know, when you lose talent, you got to be able to replace it. That's true, but not everybody can replace talent as fast as some other coaches. Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney do it. There, very few people do it like that, and it's just because they build depth up. So when one player leaves, that's an experienced guy. The next got to come up as an experienced player as well. And when you get those good recruits, that's just what happens. A little harder to recruit at Stanford than, than it is at Alabama. I think he's done a good job. I think they should give him a little more time. And then we talked about Steve Sarkeesian as a possible. He's the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Could he take one of these jobs? Let's just kind of go back and look. He was a head coach before. He was at Washington um, from 09 to 13. Uh, he went 5 and 7 one year, 7 and 6 three years. So that's not that impressive. But he went 8 and 4 one year. Ended up taking the job at USC. Didn't do a bad job. Was only there for about a year and a half before getting. Uh, let go from his uh, duties at USC due to showing up intoxicated to work. Obviously, everybody makes mistakes. He's cleaned that up. And what he's done at Alabama, I think under Nick Saban and the way he's learned, I think he would be probably one of your top candidates to get a job, especially one that's not currently a head coach who is a coordinator. I think he'd be one of your guys that you could possibly see being the favorite on the market to take over a program. Let's kind of dive in into our last segment on the podcast today. We're going to kind of switch it over like we do. We will do each and every podcast where we bring a little picks to the table. And if you don't follow us on Twitter, like I said in the beginning of the show, at It's Game Day, all capital letters with two Ys um, at the end. Um, we put these picks out on Twitter. A lot of people that like to get into kind of, you know, betting on some college football games. Or we don't really do it on the over-under, so make sure you know that. If you would like for us to do that, follow us on Twitter. Let us know. We can start doing that. But we just pick who we think is going to win. We'll pick some upsets. Right here, we're going to bring you four games of picks not based off the spread, just who we think is going to win. Michigan, I mean, uh, Miami and Virginia Tech is the first game up. Miami, not as big as a favorite as most people would think, um, especially Virginia Tech coming off a loss to Liberty, even though Liberty is a good football team. I would think Miami would be bigger favorites, but they're not. Obviously, uh, they've been pretty good on offense uh, with Rhett Lashley taking over uh, the offense coordinator job there this year. I think you could see him possibly as a candidate for a job that comes available. Um, but he's done good. They've been a little inconsistent at times, but bringing in that transfer quarterback from Houston, he's kind of put together a good offense. They've been pretty good. I like Miami to beat Virginia Tech. Once again, surprised that they're not as big of favorites, but like Miami to win that game. 
Switching over to teams that we've talked about before in Penn State and Nebraska. We just talked about Nebraska and Scott Frost and how they really haven't been able to get it going. But Penn State hasn't been able to get it going either at 0-3 this season. Obviously, I don't think they're a traditional 0-3 football team. They are better than that. Like Penn State to win this game. Some people have said the quarterback play has been kind of sloppy. It hasn't been great, but I don't think it's been horrible. I think he's done fairly well. You can't blame it all on him. Most of the time, quarterbacks are the guys to catch the heat. But I think Penn State gets their first win of the season this year over Nebraska. The next game we're going to bring into is SMU and Tulsa. We talked a little bit about this one when we were picking the projections to win the American Conference. It's going to kind of come down to two teams. Obviously, I think Cincinnati is not one of the teams it's going to come down to. I think they automatically are going to be one of the teams that play in that championship game. So I think SMU and Tulsa are the next two teams that really compete for that second spot. We talked about Tulsa not really getting, not playing as much games as everybody else has played in that conference due to some games being postponed um, or canceled. But SMU's only loss is to Cincinnati. Now, they did not show up in that game at all. Cincinnati uh, won that game. Um, you know, they pretty much took over control of that whole game and led the whole game and never looked back. But I think if SMU beats Tulsa right here, SMU would run the table. You would see them in Cincinnati compete to win the American Conference. So I like SMU to beat Tulsa. And then the last game we're going to talk about is Florida State and North Carolina State. Florida State, one of those teams that's been down. And we need them back. College football is better when Florida State's good because it adds another power team to the ACC to go along with Clemson. And hopefully Notre Dame stays. That'll be interesting to see. Hopefully they can stay. But it adds another team to that conference to bring into that mix a little bit. Um, Florida State opened up the season. We talked about in the first podcast, Jacksonville State beating FIU. Um, and how uh, anytime an FCS team can come in and beat an FBS team, it's extremely impressive. Jacksonville State played Florida State, and at halftime, Jacksonville State was winning that game. They dominated early in that game. Florida State was able to come back and win that game and win it by a couple touchdowns. But the way Jacksonville State was able to go in there with confidence, it just shows where Florida State's program is at right now. Now, Florida State did beat North Carolina, who was ranked high at the time. That game, I don't really know. Is North Carolina really a good football team? Did Florida State just have their number that day? I'm not sure, but Florida State, since that win, has gotten beat pretty badly in their last two games. So they're going to play NC State this Saturday. And NC State's a good football team, too, so it's going to be interesting to see that as well. Um, But this is our upset of the week. I like Florida State to beat North Carolina State. I think... I think maybe just against Florida State after beating North Carolina, you saw how excited they were and how happy they were to win that game uh, with the limited students they had, the support that they had for that win. It was a big win for them. Did they not take the next two games as serious? Did they lose their focus because they beat North Carolina? You know, Mike Norville's a good coach coming in from Memphis. He's done great things at Memphis, um, obviously. So it's going to be interesting to see. But once again, this is the upset of the week. Not saying North Carolina State's a bad football team. I just think Florida State comes in with a little, hey, you know, we beat North Carolina, then we don't show up for two games. Let's bounce back this week. Let's shock the world again, showing that we're coming back. So FSU over North Carolina State this Saturday. So we're going to wrap up the podcast just with a couple um, shout-outs here today. Um, You know, just shout-out to uh, Spotify for, you know, getting our podcast on there. We're super excited about that. Uh, please check that out. The first one's going to be airing pretty soon. This this podcast will air uh, soon after. Um, but the first podcast, you know, we, we put out some good information. Um, you know, we're not 
you know, by no means am I a professional like some of those other people that do it on TV. Uh, we've seen it happen. Uh, it's been one of those things where, um, you know, it's just something I've always kind of wanted to do. And I think I know enough about the game and I watch enough and study enough to kind of bring bring this to you guys and kind of talk about it and, you know, just kind of dive in. We're not just going to talk about college football with college basketball coming up right around the corner. We will shift and bring college basketball into the mix. Well, then we'll go into baseball, softball. We're going to do women's basketball as well. It's going to be interesting to see uh, basketball this year because, you know, they kind of, they got a full season in last year. They didn't get the conference uh, tournaments, and they didn't get to play March Madness, which was super upsetting. I know you guys like to fill out those brackets on March Madness, but they got a full season, so we know a lot about a lot of these teams. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they do this year. And I think where you've seen some of the rust in college football is, you know, they shut down. They were the first the first group to get it back going. Basketball's had time to kind of, you know, since, you know, getting people back in school and, you know, kind of getting back into the, you know, the normal. I think they, they've had plenty of time to prepare. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, there's not going to be as much margin for error there as you would had in football just because if they've had enough time to get it prepared. Also, I want to get a shout-out to my cousin, Abby Jones. She has a podcast, too. Please check her out on Spotify at Going Pro. Uh, super excited to what she has been able to do. Um, she's got a good podcast. She's going to bring a little mixture of everything. Um, she's going to have special guests on. Um, she's, she's, going to, she's going to bring it all. Uh, super good podcast. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, go check it out. I've checked, I've been listening, uh, just kind of get some ideas based on how they do things. They're doing a great job with that podcast. Um, they're going to bring you coverage from not just college, but from all sports in general, and they're going to break it down for you. So check out going pro also on Spotify. Thank you for joining us for episode two. Once again, I'm miles masters and thank you for joining us for it's game day.